I'm back to talk about failure again. Hopefully you already listened to episode 64 in which I explained why I think failure is necessary. (laughs) But to really make my point, today I'm opening up and getting even more real than normal and a little bit vulnerable to share with you five of my favorite fails in business so far. And I'm doing this for two reasons. First, I want us to normalize failure so that we realize it isn't really a thing. Things go wrong. Things take unexpected turns and they just don't work out all the time. That's life. But it is always an opportunity to learn and grow. And it is always possible for us to decide how we react, how we recover and reframe what happened. Secondly, I want to show you how each of these five failures helped me to grow and contributed to my success so that you can learn from them too. So I guess you could say I've failed in these five ways for you. You're welcome. (laughs) Ooh, and I have two super exciting things to tell you. So without further ado, let's do it. Let's go to the show. You're listening to the Limitless Mother podcast, bringing you strategy, mindset, and a dash of woo. If you want to learn how you can balance motherhood and money-making beautifully, if you want to learn the strategy, mindset, and manifestation tips you need to do more of what lights you up, attract more ideal clients, make more money, and enjoy more time freedom, if you want to create this vision of success because you are a mother not in spite of it, then you are in the right place, my love. I'm your host, success coach, business mentor, mother, and tea drinker, Corey Javid. So join me while we explore what's possible for us as mothers and business owners when we remove the limits. Hello, hello, Limitless Mothers. It's me, Cory Javid from CoryJavid.com. How are you doing? Are you having a wonderful Tuesday? I think this is airing on a Tuesday. <laughs> um, on a recent episode, I was talking about how failure is necessary. And as promised, I'm back. I said that I would share some of my own failures because I really want to normalize this and show you that it really is just part of the journey to success. So here I am about to do that. But first, I've got so much to update you on. I've just had the best week as I'm recording this. I have received a really great message from somebody um, who I'm working with who received some random money. I love it when the women who are really digging into the money mindset work that I teach inside of Limitless Money experience that kind of magic that the universe sometimes likes to deliver with unexpected cash flowing our ways. And hey, learning how to use your money mindset for your own good isn't just about those magical moments, but hey, don't they add a little bit of extra sparkle and and pizzazz to our lives? So great. Uh, Also, somebody from the Limitless Money course told me that she has doubled her prices and has her first discovery call booked at those prices. Oh yeah, let's all say whoop whoop for that lady. (laughs) Um, And another great win that's happening this week is one of my clients, delivered a presentation to a huge brand and crushed it and won the contract. And I literally could not be more proud of her. When my clients have massive wins, when the ladies inside of Limitless Money have massive wins, I am probably more excited than I am about my own wins because it just makes my week hearing those sorts of things. So yeah, that's why I'm just over here living my best life, enjoying all of these uh, stories and 
manifestation tales that are coming my way from the women that I'm working with. So good. But I have two really important pieces of information to tell you. Are you ready? Okay. Important piece of information number one is this. Something really exciting is coming your way next week. You heard it here first. I was reflecting this week on just how obsessed I am with my life right now. Is that kind of obnoxious to admit? (laughs) It's true though. And I decided I want to do something super fun and that can make an impact and also is a way of giving back. So, If you're not on my email list, well then first of all, we need to have a chat because seriously, you're missing out on my Tuesday emails. Why would you be missing out on those? (laughs) But get your buns on that list and watch your inbox like a hawk on Monday the 7th of October. And if you need to get on my email list, you're not on it already, just go to my homepage, corriejavid.com, click on that pink bar at the top. You can sign up to my email list and also receive a welcome gift, which is my morning mindset routine template. You're welcome. <laughs> and if you're already on my list, then what you want to do is also have your eagle eyes trained on your inbox on the 7th of October because it's coming your way. Seriously, you're going to love it. Make sure my emails are landing in your inbox, not your promotions folder, not your spam gasp folder. <laughs> if you see that happening, if you see my mails in any of those places, go ahead and drag them to your inbox so that they definitely land there next time. Trust me, you are not going to want to miss this. I'm so excited. I kind of want to tell you more, but I'm not going to. I'm terrible normally at keeping secrets like this kind of thing. When I'm excited about something, I normally blurt these things out, but I'm going to keep a lid on it. (laughs) Okay. Now, are you ready for second important piece of information number two? Second piece of information number two. You know what I'm saying. (laughs) Okay. Lean in a little closer because I want to tell you this before anyone else finds out. Okay. Cool. You listening? (laughs) The price of my one-to-one six-month coaching package is going up soon. It's currently 6000 If you pay in full up front, it's going up to 8000 But here's the super secret part. I'm going to allow two more women onto my wait list for spaces coming up in 2020 at my current prices. So if you've been wanting to work with me next year, now's the time to book yourself a discovery call, my love. Head over to corriejavid.com forward slash work with me so we can have a chat, see if we agree we'd be a good fit to working together. And if so, you can go ahead and secure one of those spots before the prices go up. Again, that's corriejavid.com forward slash work with me. Scroll down to the bottom of that page and you'll see a beautiful shiny green button. Just hit that and go and book your appointment and because we're just super helpful people around here we'll also pop that link right there in the episode notes inside of your podcast player you're welcome all right that's you up to speed that you've got the inside scoop now let's talk about failure shall we and before we actually get into the meat of today's show (laughs) I feel like we have to address the hilariously ironic fact that was not lost on me (laughs) when we published episode 64 which was why failure is necessary which kick-started this topic for us, there was actually a glitch in the audio the first time we published. So if you noticed that, no, I wasn't trying to make a point. Um, And incidentally, if you didn't listen to that episode on account of that glitch, go back because it has been fixed. 
but you will only get the fixed episode if you make sure that you delete the version that may have been downloaded onto your phone or device. So if you subscribe to the podcast, which I hope you do, then your podcast player automatically downloads like the most recent episode for you. So it may be that if you go and try and play it straight from your podcast player, if it was downloaded, you've got the glitchy version. So just go and poke around, find the way to delete that episode, and then just go back to the episode and play it again, and it will all be tickety-boo. And I definitely would recommend listening to that episode first before we dive in here because I'm really talking about the theory of why failure is necessary. But today I'm going to be talking about five of my specific failures in business, what I learned from them, why they aren't really failures and the takeaways that you can take from them. But I really want you to take on board that message that it's okay to quote unquote fail sometimes and that it's a necessary part of our journey. And the sooner we embrace that, the sooner we can move forward more quickly without that fear of failure holding us back. So I'm presuming that you've listened to that. Are you ready? Okay, let's go. Today, like I said, sharing with you five of my favorite failures. I had kind of a time trying to decide what to put in here because, of course, my journey has had many hiccups, many mishaps, many meanders along the way. Um, And I've called them my favorites, though, because I really want to hammer home the message that anytime something doesn't go well for us or like we hoped it would or it feels like it's gone straight up wrong, (laughs) there's always something to be learned. When we stop making it mean something about us, when we stop making it mean that we are failures or our business is somehow doomed or we're just not cut out for success or any of that nonsense that our brains can tell us when we haven't trained that inner mean girl, love that phrase by the way, one of my clients used that the other day, that we haven't trained that inner mean girl to shut the F up. (laughs) Now we can do that. And that's kind of what we're talking about. So I'm happy to get vulnerable with you today and to share these five favorite failures in my business so far. And like I said, I actually had a ton to choose from. But because guess what, just because I enjoy and and am mildly, maybe not even mildly, obsessed with my life and business. And yes, I've achieved success rather quickly. That doesn't mean that everything is always going 100% to plan. Of course not. (laughs) Don't be under any delusion that that is the case. I don't want to be creating any kind of illusion that things are always perfect over here. But the thing is, The reason that I am content and happy like 95% of the time, well, partly because I feel like I'm in charge of how I feel, but also because I don't make things like quote unquote failures mean anything more than what they are. And what I see them to be are feedback, data, opportunities to learn. Now, I haven't arrived at that place overnight. It's part of the success mindset that I've actively cultivated. So I'm not suggesting that it's a a switch you can flick. And yes, when big things happen, of course, we still have a human emotional response, but it's about choosing to reframe it, choosing not to tune into and listen to that inner mean girl, choosing to be kinder on ourselves. Because when we're kinder to ourselves in those moments, we get to actually step back and look at the situation a little bit more objectively, figure out how we can move forward and grow and to not let this really slow us down. Because in every failure, 
and I'm saying failure in that way because I'm using air quotes over here, but I know you can't see me. <laughs> there is a lesson, there is an opportunity if you're willing to open up and look for it. But when we're so busy beating ourselves up, we can't see that. Okay. So if you felt like a failure in your business lately or if something's happened that felt like it was a failure or something's gone wrong and you feel like it means something about you, then 100% go and listen to episode 64 first if you haven't. But it's my intention with this episode to share with you my mindset around these five failures so that we can normalize failure and embrace failure, right? Okay, so let's dig into them. First failure, first favorite failure not hitting six figures inside 12 months. So this is a goal that I set myself when I launched my business. I said, I am going to hit six figures in my business while working 25 hours a week in 12 months or less. Oh yeah. And I was like, no, really solid on my belief in that. Now, somewhere along the way, I kind of lost sight of that goal a little bit, didn't totally focus on that. I'm going to be sharing a bit more about that on um, some more episodes that are coming up because I know that there's some pitfalls that can that people can fall into because I fell into them. <laughs> so I want to save you for, from those. But for whatever reason, and again, I don't see it as a failure, but for whatever reason, when I got to that 12 mark month in my business, which was, let me think, probably around November last year, I wasn't quite at that six-figure goal yet. I wasn't a million miles away. I could see that I was trucking my way there, but I wasn't there. Now, I'm going to be honest, I did momentarily feel a bit crap about it because I had told myself that this was something I was going to do, and I momentarily fell into that place of looking at what other people have done and saying, well, why have they managed to achieve that? Why am I not measuring up? What should I have done differently? And that's not really helpful, right? Luckily, I didn't dwell on those feelings very long because I am on board with this idea that we're never actually failing. And also because I like to see goals as something that we're going for and to be honest, since then, I don't really like assigning a, a set date to a goal because I think for me, so, so I know myself better now, and for me, a date can really strangle the energy of a goal. Um, whereas some people work really well with like a deadline and that pressure and they really kind of like step up to it. So it's about knowing yourself too. And so that was an opportunity for me to learn that about myself. But here's the thing, instead of kind of wallowing in self-pity or comparisonitis, which would have been a really easy thing to do at that point, telling myself that maybe I'll just never hit six figures or, you know, giving myself all of these reasons why it was easier for other people or those things that we like to do in those moments when we're feeling a bit crappy about the fact that we haven't done something we wanted to do. Instead of that, I just locked back into my unwavering belief that I would make it happen. And that belief has served me so well. And it was the thing that got me to cross that line. And so when I say across that line, I was talking about earning six figures within a 12 month rolling period. Does that make sense? So I'm not talking about, oh, well, then if I added in another four months, then in total, my business was making six figures. I was looking for hitting six figures within a 12 month period. So I did go ahead and hit it, but I didn't hit it in the timeline that I wanted to. But I know it's easy when you've set yourself a goal and you don't achieve it in the way or in the timeline that you desired to, it's easy to tell yourself this is not going to happen or that you've failed. But 
looking at this and the reason why I wanted to share this story with you, you can see that it wasn't a failure. I just got to be honest with myself about, okay, well, why hasn't it happened? Like, let me see what I can learn. Let me realign my focus on this goal if I'm deciding that it's important to me and make sure that what I'm doing is moving the needle towards that on a more consistent basis and let me keep showing up for this with that unwavering belief and knowing that my success is inevitable and just wait for it to happen showing up and taking action and believing in it in the meantime and that's it so it's a really great reminder that anytime you are not achieving something that you want to achieve if you are succumbing to that kind of failure mindset, then you're just actually slowing yourself down. So I could have let that slow me down, but I didn't. And then I just went ahead and achieved it anyway, just not in the first 12 months in my business. Okay, the second failure, second favorite failure that I want to share with you was this. This one's actually mm, a little bit more vulnerable to share with you, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. This one is from quite a long time back. So I'm trying to think if this was like maybe early 2018. I don't know. It was a, a good while ago, but it's this, a client and I parted company. Now, the reason why I wanted to share this one with you, well, there's a few reasons, but one of them is this happens in all industries, you know, uh, <laughs> Working relationships don't always work out. And that's an unfortunate reality, but it's the reality nonetheless. And I say it's unfortunate, but is it? Because actually we generally always learn from it if we are putting our mind onto that track of what can I learn here rather than, oh my goodness, I'm such a failure. So I'm not gonna lie, the idea of sharing this did make me feel a little bit uncomfortable at first, but I knew I had to share this with you because I wanted to give you that permission that if something like this shows up, you know that you'll be okay. If something like this has already shown up for you, you know that it doesn't mean that you are a failure or that you're failing or that your business isn't gonna work or, or any of that nonsense that we can make these things mean. And it's real life, right? That things don't always work out and we're humans working with humans. So, you know... <laughs> There are consequences of all of that. We're not robots. Um, and here's the thing. When things like this happen, it feels uncomfortable, right? And that's the honest reality of it. It does feel uncomfortable. I'm not going to share with you the specifics of that particular event just to just in respect of my ongoing relationship with this person because actually, even though we parted ways, we did so amicably and we're still in touch and we're still friends, okay? So I'm not going to go into that and I'm, I feel fortunate that it didn't end on a bad note, but I know for some people that these kind of situations can leave a sour taste in your mouth or end on a less than amicable note, but that's also okay. It doesn't make, make you a massive failure, okay? Something failed along the way, but look for the lesson. Don't beat yourself up. So I learned a ton from this, and this is why it's one of my favorite failures, even though it feels quite vulnerable to own it, because I got clearer on my ideal clients. I got more robust contracts, but I was also and this is really important, able to reflect on what I contributed to that situation. And that made me a better coach. So I can't say that that was a failure situation now looking back because I grew so much in that process. And yes, it felt uncomfortable at the time because for me, always my one-to-one -one clients are everything to me. They have been, they always will be my number one priority in my business. I just feel so passionately about working one-to-one -one with women. But I 
reminded myself of that at the time this happened. And I saw this as an opportunity to learn and to get even better. And it could have been really easy at that point to start doubting my abilities, but it didn't make this situation mean something that it didn't. And I think that's what we so often are at risk of doing in these types of scenarios when we feel like we've failed at something. So my takeaway here for you would be if something like this happens... So it could be a similar situation or it could be somebody um, wants a refund on your course or it could be somebody leaves your membership and gives you some feedback, let's say constructive criticism. It doesn't matter what the thing is, but if somebody is like leaving your circle, leaving your um, area of service, don't let the experience of that one person taint how you're seeing the whole for a start, contain it to where it is, and then be willing to let go of situations, opportunities, people, sales, and know that you're always making space for something else to come into you. But when you can let go in that way, when you don't um, allow it to kind of bleed into all other areas of your business and make it mean something that it doesn't, it means that you can properly focus on it with a clear mind and see what's the lesson here. How can I use this to be better, right? So that was the second one. The third is that it's kind of similar, but different. (laughs) A contractor that I was working with, so somebody that I had um, employed in a contractual relationship to do some work inside of my business, uh, she and I parted ways. So another ending relationships. And so this one's more recent, And again, I'm not going to share the specifics because it didn't end in a sour way. And I have respect for this person as a professional. And actually, luckily for us in this situation, the fact that the relationship wasn't working became quite evident quite early on. And so I, again, learned a ton here because it helped me to step more into my role as CEO. And it made me examine the fact that, I'm going to be honest with you, I can still fall prey to people pleasing. So I feel like I'm a recovering people pleaser. I'm really way better than I used to be, but I'm not perfect. I'm not totally there yet. Still a work in progress. Don't know if you saw my post on social media about being a work in progress, you know, we all are. And so it made me realize that I still have those tendencies and I was bringing them to my role as kind of CEO and leader of of my company from on the inside. And so it gave me the opportunity to see uh, where I could be clearer on my expectations and standards and what I require from somebody working with me. And I also realized that I get to balance being a nice person who's fun to work with, with clear expectations and boundaries. It isn't an either or situation. And I think if I'm honest with myself and honest with you, because hey, you know, so it's just us here. Um, then I was wanting to be perceived as fun to work with and that nice boss <laughs> more than I was worrying about actually how can I empower this person to um, get the most out of our working relationship together. So this could have felt like a failure because it resulted in us parting ways, but it also resulted in in an immediate gap in things that needed to be done that I had to step into and film myself, which isn't necessarily the best use of my time. And on top of that, let's be really honest, as is the theme today, um, it can feel really awkward and uncomfortable having that kind of 
conversation with somebody about the fact that a working relationship isn't working. But it's necessary, right? Because we have our businesses on the line effectively. We need to be sure of ourselves and what we require and we need to be able and willing to be uncomfortable sometimes. That's what it takes as business owners, entrepreneurs, CEOs, whatever you want to call us. You know, it's required sometimes. And guess what? Discomfort isn't going to kill us. (laughs) Okay. So yes, I had an uncomfortable conversation. I made it out the other side without dying. So my takeaway here is rather than wallow in the discomfort or rather than allow a situation like that to go on nip it in the bud have the conversation early maybe you can pull things back from the brink or maybe it's better to part ways whatever the situation for you but don't wallow in that feeling don't fear that discomfort just rip off the band-aid plaster they say eat the frog whatever the term is you want to use there just go and get the thing done and don't waste time beating yourself up about it for not handling the situation better. So I could have totally beat myself up and been like, oh, I can totally see how I went wrong here. So annoyed with myself. And yes, I did see where I went wrong and where my contribution was, but I didn't waste any time being annoyed with myself. (laughs) I just picked myself back up, took away the lessons, fed it into being a better boss and CEO to my existing team and to the next person coming along to join us, right? So it was just a really great lesson on how I can show up better inside of my business. So the fourth thing, this one's kind of amusing, is I fell down a funnel rabbit hole. (laughs) What does that even mean? So before I launched my business, I was definitely in that shiny object syndrome space. Have you been there too? You know, when you are like, oh, I need to learn Facebook ads. No, wait, I need to learn how to create a freebie and get it out there. No way, I need a Facebook group. No way, I need a YouTube channel. No way. Um, All the shiny objects with that kind of like squirrel attention span. Um, so I was definitely there, but I got myself out of that quite quickly. I realized that that wasn't serving me, which is why I first um, took on my coach to help me get out of that squirrel mentality and just launch my damn business already. And then I was trucking along just fine, doing well in my business. But then suddenly, I think it was this was last year as well, I became obsessed <laughs> with funnels and I completely fell down this rabbit hole of thinking that a funnel was going to be the answer to everything. Spoiler alert, it never is. <laughs> so don't misunderstand me here because I'm about to talk to you about why this wasn't a good use of my time. I actually, you know, have some great funnels in my business. Funnels are good. Um, Funnels are an important part of like automating certain processes in your business, but they're not the be be all and end all. So this isn't me like mouthing off against funnels, but it's more that I fell down the funnel rabbit hole. And what do I mean that? So I was very much thinking like, this is all I need. I'm going to put all my eggs in this one funnel shaped basket. And if I just concentrate on this and spend a ton of time and effort on this, everything else in my business is going to be marvelous. <laughs> and so I was spending a ton of time focusing on this. And here's the, here's why this wasn't good. And this is why it was a quote unquote failure. Because first of all, my mindset here was not supporting me. My mindset was that this strategy or tactic is the secret. And it never is. A strategy is never the secret. Never let anybody tell you that. Yes, we do need strategy. But the secret is always mindset if there has to be a secret. And it's not really a secret, right? 
There's no point having a shiny, wonderful, complicated, in this case, strategy if you don't have the mindset to execute it and also if it doesn't align with your vision, which didn't. So I wasted a ton of time watching video content, reverse engineering people's funnels, like literally obsessively reading their emails and trying to reverse engineer them. Um, mapping out the mother of all complicated funnels, which hilariously, we never implemented all of it anyway. <laughs> Waste of time. And so this was also a failure because I also failed to execute on it in the way that I'd initially intended. But really, it was a failure because I was doing it because it felt easy. It felt easy to show up for this rather than really lock into my mindset. And it meant that I failed to keep my eye on my bigger goals in my business during that time. So it slowed me down. Now, that's not to say that you don't have projects that you, you know, do some really great deep work on, really focused work, but that wasn't really what was happening here. I was focusing on it rather than doing things that I knew would actually move the needle on my business. I was focusing on it because I had fallen prey to the that mentality that this was the magic ticket. And it wasn't really in alignment with what I was trying to do with my business at that point. So it made no sense. And so when I say that, what I mean is you've heard me talk on the show about my journey to becoming oversubscribed with my coaching business. So this is one of the things that took me off track for a while, okay? Because a funnel is not going to be a quick way to becoming oversubscribed. Let's be honest about that. I mean, hey, let's stay open to all possibilities, but it's not the quickest way that I had available to me at that time. I would have been much better off spending that time um, providing even more value to my audience, inviting people into calls with me, showing up for those calls and following up with warm leads, just in case you're wondering what I could have been doing instead. So I learned for sure from this failure, not just about funnels. (laughs) Um, And it was a good experience because I felt so sure while I was in it. Now, when I say I was in it, I was this probably went on for, I don't know, maybe maybe a month actually, maybe a full month was just the funnel rabbit hole. And it was a good experience, like I say, because I felt so sure during that month that this is exactly what I needed. And I can see now I have the beauty of hindsight that it wasn't. And so it's super unlikely that I will fall prey to something like this again, because having immersed myself in it so deeply in that mindset and that like incorrect way of thinking that wasn't serving me, I now, it's kind of been the perfect antidote. It's a bit like, um, let me think of an analogy here. You know, if you really like love a food and then you eat too much of the food and then you don't like that food anymore. So like for me, that's white chocolate (laughs) when I was about, I don't know, seven or eight. We went to France for a weekend and I bought a ton of white chocolate and just gorged on white chocolate and felt really sick. I may have even been sick um, and I've never liked white chocolate since. So it's a bit like that. And now it's not that funnels have become white chocolate to me and I feel sick just looking at them, but it's that mindset, that idea that this one strategy or this one tactic will be the secret. I'm never going to fall prey to that again because I can see the folly of my ways there. Um, And so it helps me to notice if ever I feel even a little bit tempted to fall into that thinking or to fall into that um, shiny object syndrome again. And it just makes me much more um, 
mindful of how I'm thinking and feeling about those things, which means that I could catch it super early if it was going to even try to happen again, but I feel quite confident that it won't. So my takeaway here is that there's nothing wrong with throwing yourself into a project, don't misunderstand me, but when it is that shiny object thing, when you are telling yourself that this is the thing, this is my magic ticket, this is going to be the silver bullet, then be really careful and really look at your thinking there. And if whatever it is, this shiny object is detracting you from your core goals and slowing you down and achieving what you really want to achieve, then ask yourself why. Because taking action can sometimes feel easier than looking at our mindset. And sometimes it's more uncomfortable to look at our mindset, but actually that's really the ticket to things panning out in a way that serves you in the long run. So this was a great lesson for me. So that's why it's one of my favorite failures. Okay, number five is my launch failed. Ooh. So you might've heard me talk about this one a little bit before on the show, because this isn't something that I hide. I don't hide any of my failures, just FYI. That's why I'm happy to share them with you on the show. I like to be an open book. I like to keep it real. I don't see enough people talking about how they've failed at stuff. And I think actually, if we all talked about that a little bit more in business, other people can learn from it. And also we can dispel this idea that if something doesn't go 100% perfect for us that it makes us wrong or bad or incompetent or unlikely to succeed somehow a load of tosh. Okay, so the fifth one was that my launch was failing. So this was also last year. (laughs) This lasted a lot of lessons last year, right? (laughs) Um, Mid-launch And actually, just on that note, there were a lot of lessons last year and a lot of things that failed, but it made me have a really strong year. Now, I know we're only in September, but I've had a really strong year this year because I learned from all of those things that happened last year. So can you see how that pans out and how actually each of those things has been a gift to me? Anyway, sidetrack. So last year I launched, I think it was the very beginning of last year, um, I launched, first of all, uh, Manifest Like a Mother, which was a kind of course slash group program hybrid. (laughs) So it was a course, but not totally self-study. There was inbuilt support. um, And I absolutely loved it. It felt like my soul's work at the time. I've used a ton of that material with my coaching clients since then. Like really actually proud of that work. Um, And some of it became the foundations for a lot of uh, what I'm teaching inside of Limitless Money. So that was a great use of my time. And that was not a failure. Um, But immediately after that, I felt like I should launch something else. And because I'd gone heavy on the mindset and the woo with that course, I felt like I should, there's that word again, um, launch something super practical. And it was called uh, Make Money Like a Mother. And so I had this really great curriculum planned out to help women to make more money in their businesses. So far, so good. Nothing wrong with that, right? However, partway into my launch, well, a good way into my launch, I had sold, guess how many spaces? None. (laughs) Not a one. And I was feeling uncomfortable throughout the launch and like something was off. And I thought, no, this is just launch mindset. I need to get on top of it. And I doubled down on my mindset work. And I was like, no, damn it. I'm going to crack this nut. I'm going to hold my belief firm. But just something felt not right. And so I had a conversation with my coach and I, I feel like we were partway through the second week of the launch and I was like, no one has bought. I'm feeling terrible. This launch is failing. What's happening? Um, but after we spoke about it, 
I realized that I was not in this launch. My heart wasn't in this launch. And I was doing it because I felt like, and you probably picked this up already, I should be doing it. It felt like the sensible thing to do. It felt like it made sense on paper. Be aware of any of those. (laughs) Those should ring alarm bells, right? And so I just didn't have the passion. So of course it was hard to sell because I didn't feel passionate about delivering it. So I felt like, yeah, it was a really solid course, but I just didn't feel passionate about delivering it and about serving women in that way at that time. So I pulled the plug on the launch. Now you could say, well, that's a massive failure. You sold nothing and then you pulled the plug on the launch before it was even through. So you didn't even give it an opportunity to see it through to the end. Now, Normally, I'm not a fan of pulling out midway through something because often when we want to do that, it's because we're scared and we've given up belief. But because in this instance, having really examined it and having done a ton of work on my mindset, because I I know that that can be the first thing to go mid-launch if you're not careful, if you're not prepared for that. Because of that, I was able to separate, like, is this fear or is there actually something else at play here? So I'm not giving you permission to pull the plug on things because you're afraid. So don't misunderstand me there. I'm <laughs> not giving you that one. <laughs> but I am giving you the permission to pull the plug on things that do not feel right. That your instinct is just like jumping around like a crazy person saying, hello, something's amiss here. Something's not right. I am totally giving you permission to feel like something has been a failure, but just because you are willing to knock it on the head or let it go or release it or whatever the thing is that's the right action in that point because it doesn't feel in alignment with what you want to be doing and how you want to be showing up it's your business my love never forget that and so here's the thing about this failure I didn't sell any spaces in that course but I signed two clients off the back of it. (laughs) So I signed two new clients into my one-to-one coaching program because I was showing up for the launch, providing even more value than normal, being even more visible than normal. And actually, this is one of the things about launching that you find if you have something like a course or a group program or a lower ticket offer that often you get um, a lot of one-to-one interest off the back of it. Um, And I ended up having at that point my biggest cash month to date. (laughs) So not really a failure at all. And this is my point. If I had allowed myself to wallow in that feeling of nobody's buying this and just gone ahead with through the end of the launch and really sunk into that mentality of this launch is a failure, therefore I'm a failure. I probably wouldn't have been living in the right vibe to attract those one-to-one clients. Um, And I would have been just wallowing in self-pity, maybe telling myself that I was never going to launch anything ever again because I've been so burnt by this launch and how come everybody else is launching and making hundreds of thousands of dollars when I can't launch this and make one single sale. You know, I could have really gone down that spiral, that failure spiral. But instead, I just moved on, just said, okay, and you know what? I'm pulling the plug. I'm going to move on and I'm not going to make it mean something that it doesn't. Okay. And so the takeaway there is of course, like listen to your instinct, listen to your soul, your intuition. It always knows best. And if you need to pull the plug on something, do it and do it for the right reasons and don't see that as a failure. Don't interpret that as a failure in that kind of sense that we're using failure. I know it gets kind of confusing because I'm saying things are failures and they're actually not failures. You know what I mean. I'm, I'm hoping you know what I mean. Okay, so those were my 
five favorite failures in business, just to run through them. Number one was not hitting six figures in my first 12 months in business. Number two was a client and I parting ways. Number three was a contractor and I parting ways. Number four was I fell down a funnel rabbit hole. And number five was my launch failed. So I hope that that has uh, given you some inspiration to feel like, actually, do you know what? It is okay to fail. See, Corey just admitted to five pretty big failures along the way. So if she can do it, I can do it too. (laughs) Um, But let's dig into today's Dash of Woo. What is a Dash of Woo? Well, I'm so glad you asked. It's a practical manifestation or mindset tip designed to take what we're talking about today and implement it in your life with that extra sparkle. Okay, so really when it comes down to it, Allowing failure to get to us comes from that place of fear, right? And what annihilates fear? Love. (laughs) Self-love is really, you've heard me say this before, but it is one of the biggest things that you can cultivate that will help your chances of success as a business owner because it means that you get to go easy on yourself. And when you go easy on yourself, you allow the space to actually learn the lesson that's being presented um, or experience the personal growth when something doesn't go according to plan. And when you practice that, it gets easier and easier to show up even when there's a risk of failing because you are in tune with that self-love that doesn't make quote-unquote failures mean more than they do and knows that you get to decide how you interpret something that feels like a failure so that you can also get back on the old horse when a failure does occur right so with that in mind today's dash of woo is all about your center of love which is of course your heart which is one of your chakras i'm loving learning more about our chakras just ps um learning from chakra girl co love her and her work uh, what i'd love you to do um anytime this comes up for you is to first of all five five minutes on your own to lie down. Now that in and of itself is a gift of self-love, is it not? As a mother and business owner, quite a rare treat, particularly if it's in the middle of the day. (laughs) So lie down and close your eyes. And if you want bonus points here, I'm giving them out, go and grab a rose quartz crystal which is obviously one of my favorites because hello, it's pink, um, and place it on your heart. So a rose quartz crystal is really great for that love and self-love energy. And if you place it on your heart, that's your heart, like love, chakras, that center of energy. And, you know, we all know that our hearts are like symbolic of love. So even if you're not into chakras, you know that this is going to work. And then what I want you to do is literally just breathe, breathe into your heart. So as you breathe in, imagine love flowing into your heart. And as you breathe out, feel that love for yourself, which I promise you is in there. Even if you haven't felt connected to it lately, feel that flowing outwards, reaching every part of your body and soothing you and feel your heart opening up and do several deep breaths in this way, breathing that love in and then breathing that self-love out and all the way through through you. So allow yourself to kind of bask in that feeling of self-love. And I know that that actually can be a little bit uncomfortable. So maybe you have to practice like two minutes the first time and three minutes the next time, because it's something that we're not often in tune with and not often giving to ourselves enough as a gift, this idea of self-love. So allow yourself to feel what it feels like to be deeply loved and accepted by you. Okay. 
So I hope you've enjoyed today's show. I hope you take away that really there is no such thing as failure. There are just things that occur and we get to decide how we interpret them. We get to decide what it means. It never has to mean anything about us. We can always learn a lesson. Yes, we can improve. And yes, there is scope for personal growth there, but it doesn't have to mean that we are a failure, right? And before I go, I must remind you of those two really important pieces of information. So number one was get on my email list. Something is coming next week that I know for a fact you are going to be so excited about. Yay! And important piece of information number two, my prices are going up. Shh, don't tell anyone. (laughs) If you want to get on my wait list to work with me in 2020 and you want to grab one of those two remaining spaces at that price level at the time I'm recording this. I can't even promise that they'll be there when this goes out. But if you want to grab one of them, get yourself a discovery call. Head over to corriejavid.com forward slash work with me. There's a big green button to help you with that at the bottom of the page. I hope you have enjoyed today's show, my love. And you understand now that failing isn't really a thing. And anytime something does feel like a failure, it's always an opportunity to grow and to learn and to move forward. Permission to fail granted. <laughs> if you want to find out more about today's show, head over to the show notes that you can find at corriejavid.com forward slash podcast forward slash favorite fails. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you so much. If you've enjoyed listening to today's show, make sure you subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher so you don't miss out on any episodes. It would make my day, possibly even my week, if you could spare a minute and leave a review over on iTunes. And because I value your time so much, each month, one lucky reviewer will win a free success coaching call with yours truly. So if you'd love for us to pinpoint and then work through that one thing that's currently standing between where you are now and where you want to be, then definitely leave a review for your chance to win. Until next time, remember, you are limitless.